Welcome, everyone, to another week of the Max Destruction Podcast. I am the better half of the host, Dustin, and with me, wearing a Superman shirt, is Ken. Uh, that'd be Superboy. Uh, respect Ooh, on okay. that there, Dustin. Uh, I should have got that with the black shirt. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> but anyway, we got a really fun matchup. Uh, two amazing characters. We got the Beverly Hills cop himself, Axel Foley, played by Eddie Murphy. And we got Nicolas Cage playing a really poor Southern accent man by the name of Cameron Poe that just has magnificent hair, even though it looks like he's balding. I was going to say, Dustin, you look a lot like him, uh, except you don't have the long flowing locks. I feel like you, yeah. if you were to take the wig off of Nick Cage, it would have been a spitting image. Exactly. It had been perfect. He is my uh, spirit action movie star for this week. So, <laughs> but yeah, so we are the Max Destruction Podcast. We are here to have a fun time, if not a good time. And each week we do an audience matchup. And Ken, you had Guyver. So what are some of the answers from this week? Yeah, so this this last week we had a fair few. Uh, a lot of them were very similar, so I could see pretty much any of them uh, going up against, uh, but I'll go ahead and list them out. Uh, so we had Ultraman uh, from the early 90s. I remember watching that show. It was definitely a, a straight ripoff of the Super Sentai era, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't even think they had the Americanized version of that. It was just like the Japanese version with a really bad dub. Uh, on like PBS, uh, Star Kid, which I definitely remember running that movie into the ground when I was younger, uh, because who wouldn't want a talking face in front of your face thing going on, uh, as a kid? Uh, the guy from Mantis, M A N T I S. Again, very much of the Sentai era. However, uh, this one was more uh, adult-themed, if I remember correctly. Uh, He had a badass motorcycle. Uh, And then finally, we had Mask Rider, uh, which, again, I think that's like bridging the gap between Ultraman and the Power Rangers. uh, For me personally, I definitely think I'm going to roll with Starkid, because even though Guyber is way on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to the maturity level uh, of its audience or should have been because I definitely watched it when I was way too young uh, to know any better. But that's the theme of this podcast. Uh, we all of our generation, you know, grew up watching RoboCop. And it was it was cool. Just a whole bunch of gore uh, right before your Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. I think I, I got to agree with your answer because the rest are like almost too similar to Guyver. I love Ultraman personally. And uh, just so comic fans out there know, Marvel started making Ultraman comics again within the last few years, and they are a fantastic read. Well, that was a thing for nobody because nobody Marvel listens to our podcast. Uh, They all are here for the DC. uh, So repping DC fans. Uh, that's right. Cry, cry into your Cheerios, Dustin. I order you bow to your sensei. Uh, no, you're you're slowly <laughs> turning. I can see it. Yeah, that's that's not happening, brother. Um, but it is interesting because uh, the Power Rangers comic, which has uh, been produced by Kaboom, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
that one has been blowing up for the last like five or so years. So it's not a shock that Ultraman would make its appearance back. Um, yeah, but we I'm got not gonna a lie. I've read Power Rangers, so oh, so have I. Shattered Grid was so legit the badass, yes. most badass Power Ranger thing ever. But we are getting off topic. We are not doing Power Rangers this is yet. Your fault. Yet, uh, I am ninety nine percent certain that Tommy Oliver, aka the Green, White, Red, and Black Dino Ranger, uh, <laughs> will make his appearance on our podcast uh, one way or the other. Uh, but Dustin, before we move on anywhere, we actually have an audience shout out uh, talking about how awesome we are. Ooh, okay. That's right. That's right. We have Scott Camacho, who goes by the Macho, uh, which obviously that's two of the greatest characters on Earth. President Camacho from Idiocracy, uh, who is the greatest president uh, of, of our time. Uh, I feel like we are we are just inches away from being in idiocracy uh to so to have terry crew show up with like two giant machine guns uh wearing american flag bell bottoms uh and his long flowing locks is it's not really all that shocking to me i could definitely see that for 2024 just just throwing it out there uh president camacho 2024 uh however uh the one of the Macho Brothers uh, stated, are non-human movie characters going to be considered, a.k.a. Knight Rider versus Viper, the Megazord versus Ultron, uh, or anything of that like? Uh, he said, you guys are doing great, enjoying the content. Uh, and he's saluting Ken. Uh, obviously, he knows where his bread is buttered. Uh, oh, and he poor taste. By far the best uh, host of this podcast. Um yeah, we'll go with that, Dustin. Uh, but it's an interesting concept. Uh, I haven't really thought about it. I know Dustin and I are huge fans of pretty much anything action-related. Uh, Knight Rider was legit the car, uh, not the new one. The original Knight Rider uh, with... <laughs> oh, uh, what's his face? Uh, he was the teacher off Boy Meets World. Uh, he was the voice of Knight Rider, which is legit awesome. Um but what do you think, oh, Dustin? Should we, do some, should we do some robot-on-robot robot crime here soon? Oh, I'm I'm so down for that. I, I love it. Bring me some Transformers. Bring me some Megazords. I'll do, what, I'll do whatever. Well, we always know we have to go Transformers versus GoBots. So, like, yes. original Transformers and then the Kmart version, just to see what happens. I think we all know. Yeah, the GoBots are going to win, obviously. Yeah, if you rep them and skew the stats, maybe. Call him cheater. I'm just saying it now. That's slander and libel, Dustin. Nah. Anyways, <laughs> so next, you know, we like to do what we call Tale of the Cocoa Butter. It is kind of a play on the old uh, UFC Tale of the Tape where we break down the character's stats. We also give a bio of our characters and talk about them for a while before we go into a simulated match where um, I always win and Ken always uh, punches my character in the no-no zone. So uh, yeah, whose turn is it this week? Uh, that would be yours, Dustin. Uh, and don't mm -hmm. worry, I'm sure there will be a lot of no-no zone punches uh, in our simulated fight. I'm sure if it's coming from you, there will be. So uh, I got the absolute privilege to 
uh, represent the long flowing hair of Nicolas Cage. He played Cameron Poe in the movie Con Air. Uh, for his rank, I gave him convict slash army ranger sergeant. So getting into the movie, he returned from home with an honorable honorable discharge. He has a pregnant wife. He's excited to be home, be with his family, wants to see his daughter born. And, you know, you always have those idiots at the bar that try to pick a fight or think they're tougher than somebody in the military or whatever it may be. So they pick on him. He blows it off. His wife's like, you're better than this. The army made you not that man. You're not that troubled kid anymore. So he lets it go. They go outside. It's raining. And those men try to go after his wife and threaten him. So, I mean... Dude was an army ranger. He accidentally killed one of them. I don't know how accidental it was. The dude pulled a knife and he killed him. That's all I know. But he took on three men by himself in the rain. You know, I'm just uh, fully going to go down. So Poe, they decide that he, because of his extensive training, he is not a normal citizen. So even though it was like in self-defense, they give him like, it's like eight or 10 years in prison for this altercation. I couldn't remember off the top of my head when I took my notes. So I'm between eight and 10 years. Okay. It goes through his prison time, like really fast. And it's just like this montage of him writing to his daughter. That's his like motivation is he wants to get through his time in prison. So that way he can be reunited with his wife and his daughter. So fast forward eight to 10 years and he's being released and on his daughter's birthday. So he got her, a stuffed bunny from the commissary, whatever, you know, the convicts can spend their money on, which is honestly weird. He said it was that or smokes or toothpaste, but I don't know why they have stuffed bunnies as well. Anyway, he gets on this plane. It's to transport convicts. They're going to Carson city and they are going to be taken to a new high security prison. And I want to say it was like Alabama uh, again, I'm horrible at taking notes and I am failing already. Anyway, on the plane is some of the worst convicts because they're getting ready for this new max security prison. The main villain played by John Malkovich, which I just I've been watching Space Force on Netflix and John Malkovich plays this like really puny, wimpy scientist. So to see him play Cyrus the virus again and like watching it just it made my brain hurt because I was like, you're supposed to be a wimpy scientist, but now you're like this super evil dude. But basically, he's the brains of the operation. He's escaped before. He's said to have killed more men than cancer. Knows how to make bombs, speak multiple languages, pick locks. He's gotten college degrees while in prison. He is definitely the brains. So he tried to make a deal with a guy named Francisco Sedona. And basically, he is a super rich D-bag who lives in Mexico and is paying basically for this whole escape. So you have him. Then you have Johnny 23. This was played by Machete, which I I love him in like every movie. But of course, they had to make him like probably the most disturbing one because he was like this rapist who has like a tattoo for each one of his victims. And I was so glad because I forgot at the end of the movie how he dies. And he just has his hanging arm with his tattoo, which is just like, 
your perfect symbolic like kind of deal. Uh, you have a man by the name of Swamp Thing. Um, there's a DC shout out if I've ever heard one. And he is the pilot and he has a very big porno mustache. Uh, then you have it's Billy glorious. Bedlam, who's <laughs> it is glorious, says the man who is a uh, clean shaven there. Kind of have to kind of have I to. Know. <laughs> so then you got Billy Bedlam. Um, it was said that his girlfriend cheated on him. So instead of killing her or anything, he went to her family's house and killed everyone she ever loved. Dude's a psychopath. Well, Poe and him get squared up and he finds Poe's secret that he's actually not a lifer in prison, that he's actually supposed to be getting out that day because he's been lying to everybody. So that way he could try to save his friend and the guards that are on board because he still has that military mindset, no man left behind type of deal. So underneath in the cargo bay of this plane, they got maybe four feet height clearance. So they're crouched there fighting, and he is able to kill Billy Bedlam without much trouble. Then you got Nathan Diamond Jones, who was kind of this uh, racial radical leader, and he was only supposedly following Cyrus as like a means to an end to get out. But you had probably 20 convicts on this plane. They have a really cool shootout in an abandoned plane yard. And then uh, they end up crashing in Las Vegas. And you see another like this has all of the best of the early 2000s, late 90s action where everything's just blowing up and ridiculous explosions and car chases on a ladder truck for whatever reason. And uh, Nicolas Cage is a total B.A. through all of it. He never leaves a man behind. He's always thinking 10 steps ahead. So he's always going to be thinking 10 steps ahead of Foley. He proves to his friend that God does exist. He maybe needs a haircut and he could work on his uh, Alabama accent, but that doesn't matter in a fight. So equipment and training. He's a highly trained fighter, having been in uh, the Army Rangers. He's very his tactical and situational awareness are on point. He realizes flaws in his own plan on the fly. And when something changes, he changes with it. He's always like adapting to the situation he is in. The only weapon you see him use in this is he pulls and steals a Colt Woodsman suppressed pistol from a, uh, I guess like a cartel little crime dude that was trying to steal a plane. Um, other than that, he's hand hand fighting. He is a freaking brutal, constantly taking on, Three, four men at a time, not a problem. And that is Cameron Poe, Nicholas Cage, the man who is going to be killing Axel Foley today. Well, I'd say well done. However, we all know if it's Nick Cage, nothing is well done unless it's The Rock. Uh, yeah, it's a little Michael Bay reference for you. So before I get into the actual victor and the by far way better character of Axel Foley, a little piece of trivia for all you kids out there that are listening to this and for Dustin himself. So Dustin made reference to the climax of his film, Con Air, occurring in Las Vegas, where the C-130 actually crashes through and lands on the strip. Uh, a young Ken... Uh, in elementary school was let off early one day growing up in Las Vegas uh, to be an extra in Ton Air. Uh, that's right, kids. 
Ken, about eight years old, was in Con Air. Not only was he in Con Air, but he was also in Vegas Vacation. Uh, again, I would say probably the better of the two films, but I digress. Uh, so with that little nugget out of the way, let me go ahead and go into Dustin's opponent. And again, the actual victor of this fight, Axel Foley. Keep Before you song. do, I want I want to say that we need the picture of eight-year-old Ken posted on Instagram. Because um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to picture day. this. <laughs> there, there well, you I, was, go. I was six, I was six foot at seven, so you know, it's really just me, but a little, little less uh, seasoned. We'll go with uh, a little less seasoned. But yeah, going into Axel Foley before I was so rudely interrupted. You know, this is this is a professional podcast, Dustin. You're better than this. All right, so Axel Foley, played by Eddie Murphy, famously, uh, actually originally was going to be played by Sylvester Stallone, but I'll get into that in a few minutes with some trivia. Uh, Eddie Murphy uh, played him in all three films, and supposedly there's going to be the fourth film, but I think we've been waiting for that for like 20 years now, uh, and knowing how intellectually bankrupt Hollywood is, it's probably going to come out in like three or four years. So we'll have Axel Foley with his walker up against Indiana Jones 18 or whatever the hell it is. Uh, so in Beverly Hills, uh, cop Eddie Murphy was clocking in around 510, about a buck 50 ish soaking wet. Uh, and as for rank, he is a Detroit uh, police detective. Uh, but in the entirety of the movies, uh, he's working in Beverly Hills. Hence the name. So Axel Foley was uh, a troubled youth, uh, to say the least, who got in trouble with the law a couple of times uh, for joyriding and boosting cars. Uh, And while he was unemployed, he actually, as a joke with his friends, applied to the Detroit Police Department, in which case he was actually accepted uh, and then started going on the straight and narrow ish. Uh, He rose to the ranks and uh, worked very well as undercover uh, and worked typically on Grand Theft Auto cases. Uh, it wasn't until his boyfriend, uh, boyhood friend, uh, that's a Freudian slip, uh, boyhood friend Mikey was killed in front of him uh, that Axel then you know, fought with his boss, uh, Inspector Todd, to go after the uh, criminals that did it, uh, which uh, Axel found out they were uh, working in Beverly Hills, uh, moving drugs. So Axel, uh, unbeknownst to his boss and kind of using his shrewd comedic timing and voice impersonations, was able to get a a ride to Beverly Hills as kind of a inner police transfer, but only really worked one way because I don't remember them actually having anybody from Beverly Hills go to Detroit. Uh, in which case, he was partnered up with uh, Billy and Taggart. Billy, uh, obviously, is played by uh, Judge Reinhold, famously. Uh, it's probably one of the first movies I remember him in. Uh, but for most 90s kids, way more into Beethoven. That's right, kids. The Dove movie. Uh, so Axel gets into a ton of hijinks. Uh, trying to get around not only the L.A. PD, the Beverly Hills PD, uh, but also worm his way into the drug 
uh, kingpins businesses um, while uh, working through his friend Jenny Summers, uh, who was working as an art in the art gallery as a manager. Uh, and then Axel finds out that they're utilizing the gallery actually as the uh, front uh, for all of their drug business. Uh, Axel and his buddies who they didn't really want to be his friends, but you know, they, of course this is an 80s movie. So the buddy cop thing was a hundred percent the way to go. Uh, and this smart, wise cracking street smart cop uh in fish out of water tales stories style uh for this time uh winds up defeating the bad guy and then is able to you know uh win the day basically uh so there's actually two more movies uh the plot is pretty much the same. Something happens to somebody close to Axel. Axel has to go to Beverly Hills uh, in order to defeat uh, whoever is that is, you know, fighting against him and or his friends. Interestingly enough, uh, Beverly Hills cop, uh, the main lieutenant in the Beverly Hills Police Department in the first one uh, is played by the same bad guy from RoboCop. Uh, and so it was very interesting for me to go back and watch these films and go, yeah, I remember that guy being a real douchebag in RoboCop, but they tried to make him good uh, in in Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, so ca- characteristics and equipment. Uh, so Axel fully utilizes his bread in 92 uh, F, uh, his main sidearm. Uh, and his Detroit Lions jacket, which if you're a football fan like I am, that means it's going to repel any kind of victory whatsoever. So pretty much the greatest plot armor that you can. Uh, and for those individuals that listen to our podcast that are Detroit Lions fans, you can't even be mad at me because you know I'm right. Uh, and this is coming from a Cardinals fan. All right. Uh, so I, I get it. I get your struggle. Uh, but uh, in the end, you know, I'm right. Uh, as far as characteristics, uh, Axel is, I would say, of medium to higher intelligence. Uh, he has street smarts. He has the ability to boost cars. He has a tactical mindset of a seasoned police detective and always seems to be two or three steps ahead of his query. Uh, so it is kind of perfect, Dustin, that the cop is going against the con. And we all know how it's going to work out. The cop is going to punch Con in the nuts and take him back to jail. Uh, Because even though he might have been in the right, he didn't have all the forms of self-defense required. And I don't know, blowing up half of Las Vegas is likely going to get your ass sent back to jail. Uh, And that is how Axel is going to finalize this. So love all of that. Um, I actually need to rewatch Beverly Hills Cop because it's been a while and I love Eddie Murphy as a character. Um, the only thing that you really got wrong was the fact that uh, the con is actually going to win in this situation. Uh, not in this world. We were, live in a perfect world, Dustin. Uh, the perfect bad guys world. always lose and the good guys always win. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if we if we do two bad guys, then nobody wins the podcast. Uh, the audience wins the podcast. Exactly. Dustin. <laughs> the audience always wins our podcast. And we do, because we get to hang out and talk about action heroes uh, in microphones across computers, which, I mean, honestly, is not a bad gig. It, it really isn't. Like, I'm pretty excited to be doing this week after week because it's just nerding out about action 
for you know 45 minutes or so it's it's a fantastic way to spend one night a week a hundred percent dustin and as a matter of fact that's a great segue uh guys we are almost at a hundred listeners for our podcast since we re-released so really appreciate you guys uh the fact that we had to re-release the podcast and i know that was kind of a, a bitch and a half to get back onto this new feed but since doing that a little under two weeks ago we have almost hit 100 listens uh so please share subscribe continue to send it to your friends and as we like to say your worst enemy really needs max destruction on his phone. So go ahead and throw it on their phone and make them listen to it. And then they'll become best friends. Exactly. That sounds great to me. So (laughs) now that that's done, we like to simulate a match. And we do this because how we determine the winner is we use what is called the Monte Carlo simulation made famous by the old spike TV show, deadliest warrior, which was amazing. I'm going to say that. Now, probably made, I would say, even more famous because of the absolute phenomenal uh, podcasting that Johnny DC and Marvelous Joe perform on Dynamic Duel, DC versus Marvel, Marvel's better. They use this Monte Carlo simulations. Basically, you put in the statistics, it runs it through a randomizer and does, you know, math, basic, just math. It does a lot of math. Well, if we just stop the show here, that would be boring. It would be really, really boring. So we like to speculate how one of these fights would go. And unlike Dynamic Duel, we do put an environment because, you know, it's so much cooler in an environment. So we're going to say, you know, a plane crashed in New York and Axel Foley was uh, doing a prisoner transport to New York at the time, and they end up on the street corner next to a deli. I think that sounds good. A hell of a deli. As a matter of fact, the best deli in New York City. Uh, That man comes to work every day, regardless of what's going on. Uh, Dustin, I I 100% agree, and I believe that uh, we should part ways as friends. Uh, It's great that we do a simulated match because neither of us public math very well. Uh, and we're not nerds, all right. We 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 don't we don't have nerd hair. We don't wear glasses, so we're not we don't math good. Okay, we don't speak good either. But this smirka, so it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, never mind. I don't know who that is, Dustin. Dustin, <laughs> oh, you're back. Dustin's back. Thank God. I I, yeah. I do wear wear glasses, and I do nerd a lot, and I am going to school for mathematics. But if I don't have to do the math, I don't want to do the math. Nerd, nerd nerd as i sit here with my superman shirt on exactly we're all nerds <laughs> anyway so we're going now that that's out of the way we're going to start this fight all right so we're on the battlefield it is a messed up street plane crashed in new york city they're in front of this deli who do you think is going to start this off well i think axel being the cop uh, probably just by virtue of what his training is gonna go first. However, instead of like finding a threat, uh, he's going to like run around to like all of the giant pieces of twisted metal and burning just shit, uh, and and try to figure out what the hell happened. You know, save people while he can, making you know slide wisecracks about you know, man, I guess New York City can get worse. Uh, and you know to the to the audience laughter in the background 
Okay, so Cameron Poe's going to walk off this plane, looking around, checking out. He he survived this plane crash without a scratch because that is just who he is. And he's going to be walking around. My, my mama say I'm not a smart man prong movie. Anyway, that was about as good of an accent that he gives. And he's going to see this cop helping out. And he's going to, you know, he's a good guy. So he's going to try to help out, too. Well, watching this grown man with, like, somewhere between Fabio and, like, bad Jean-Claude Van Damme circa late 1990s hairdo, like, come off of this plane. Alex is going to realize on the side of the plane it says Department of Corrections. So in his brain, he's already thinking, this is a troop transport. He's never seen anything like it, but obviously something's not right. And as this guy is getting closer, he sees it like in a white beater and like corrections level pants uh, and just really looking disheveled. I believe that if, if you could like make one word that just describes Nick Cage and pretty much everything, we'll just go with disheveled. Uh, but in this in, in this in this particular aspect, uh, Foley's then going to turn, uh, pulling his gun and telling the con that's walking towards him, "Hey man, this isn't your flight. Like this isn't where you get off. Aren't you supposed to be back in jail?" He's gonna be like, "I, I won't throw. I won't point that gun at me if I were you," because you know. He has a great accent, and he's going to he pull did, his silence pistol out. <laughs> oh, so he's going to point a gun at a cop. That That's smart. That's smart, he especially smart in New York man. City. So as soon as Axel sees this gun come out, he's going to start squeezing off rounds uh, as he dodges behind uh, a car uh, for cover. Okay, and so now this is where we're getting into the meat. Cameron Poe's going to duck for cover, and as he does, he's going to move around the cars slowly, methodically, making his plan as he goes. And every once in a while, he's just going to fire a single round towards uh, Axel Foley to scare him to the exact position that Cameron Poe wants him to be in. Uh, and you would think that he would like move towards that position, but this man's from Detroit, all right? It's going to take a lot more than like a 9 millimeter to scare Axel Foley, right? They need like a Gatling gun. Uh, to scare a Detroit police officer, right? So as he's, like, listening to this silenced gun go off and he sees the rounds going, Axel's going to know, obviously, this dude, one, is probably dumb, just really, really dumb, uh, and therefore he's going to be able to outsmart him. So uh, instead of firing off anymore, uh, Axel's going to holster his gun uh, and then move back behind, uh, and then he's going to use a rock and throw it towards uh, where he thinks Cameron Poe is, and then he's going to duck out and run towards him. Okay, so, you know, just because the guy sounds dumb doesn't mean he is dumb. So he's going to hear this rock hit by him. I'll say he'll look off to the side like, what the crap? Then he turns around and sees this goofy-looking dude running at him, and he's going to put, like, put his gun in the back of his pant pocket deal because, you know, he's a gangster. He's going to run out and get ready to fist fight this guy. And he's going to go for a kick to the leg right away. So as he's going for a kick in the leg, Axel's going to slide 
uh, like baseball style, uh, taking both of his feet right into uh, Poe's remaining leg that he's standing up on. Ooh, okay. That's a good move. So he's going to fall. This is going to hurt a little bit, but he's an army ranger, not just some detective from Detroit. Like he, this is an army ranger. So he's going to, uh, as he lands, he's going to turn around and do a hook right to the chest of Axel Foley. It's probably going to land. Uh, so if I've known anything about Axel Foley is he tends to tank a lot of uh, the hits against him. Uh, he's not so much a, a trained tactician when it comes to fighting. He's street smart, right? Uh, so he's more of a brawler. So he's probably going to take this and it's going to hurt a lot. Uh, but shrugging that off uh, as as quickly as he can, he's going to you know throw haymaker after haymaker off Poe to try to get some distance in between. Okay, so... Good job. He created a little distance. That's when uh, Poe's going to go for a leg sweep, get top control. This is UFC talk now, and he's going to go for an elbow to the face. Uh, Foley's probably going to be able to dodge this, especially if he's in top control, because, again, one thing the police do train on is just ground combat. So you never want to give up control. Uh, so as he's coming down with his elbow, uh, Foley's going to roll to his side using the leverage of his legs. Uh, and he's going to kind of kick out to separate himself from, from Poe a little bit more and then jab his elbow right into Poe's solar plexus, followed by a punch to the no, no zone. Of course you went there. You can't go one episode without it. No, not at all. And then as Poe is like cradling his fake southern balls, uh, Foley's going to roll out. Uh, and then as he gets up, he's going to realize that this this fight is just is, is just too crazy. He needs to go and get back up. He needs he's Billy and Taggart. So he's going to jump in the car that's right next to him, hot wiring it really quickly. And he's going to take off. OK, well, you know. There just so happens to be, I'll say, a police motorcycle just sitting on the side of the road. And um, Poe's going to hop right on, start it up, and give chase, pull out his gun, and start shooting at the tires. Except Poe definitely wouldn't be able to go. Because for some reason, the motorcycle's not, like, going. It, like, keeps sputtering. And that is when Poe sees Foley drive back up and go, Man, must suck to have a banana in your tailpipe. What? Because that happened in the first movie. He clogged up the guy's exhaust with a banana in his tailpipe. That's right. And then as he's doing that, he's going to fling the door open, catching Poe in the legs, causing the motorcycle to tip and trapping him underneath. In which time Foley's going to jump out, pull his gun again, and shoot him twice in the chest, ending this match. See, and I'm going to say... Sure, you pin him, you knock him to the ground. But as he's getting ready to jump out of that car, Poe's going to have his gun, which is already in hand, shoot him in the leg and then drop and shoot him in the head. All right. That is a way of finishing it, I guess, Dustin. Sounds better than a banana in a tailpipe. Nothing is funnier (laughs) than a banana in the tailpipe. All right, so... That was our simulated match. Um, either Cameron Poe takes two to the chest or uh, he pulls his gun first and shoots Eddie Murphy in the face. 
poor axel poor axel in the background it's like a real slow and like really sad version of the axel foley songs playing in the background that's all i heard the entire time just a just a slow methodical like the really bad stripper version of cherry pie (laughs) all right so now that that is over ken who won and why was it Cameron Poe? I'm just, I'm guessing here because you're the man with all the results, but if it's not Cameron Poe, I'm calling cheater. And you can call cheater all you want, but before we do that, Dustin, I think we need to do the damage spectrum, right? Ooh, okay. Yep. Yep. So, so um, are we counting the plane crash in this? I think we have to. I think we have to count the plane crash as part of this. Okay, so yeah, Ken likes to do this damage spectrum. I love to do it too. He is smarter when it comes to this stuff. I blame military experience, I guess. And uh, I like to take a guess to see how big. So one, basic street brawl. Five, apocalyptic wasteland of a fight. I'm going to say if we're counting the plane crash, it's got to be like a four because they did a lot of damage in Vegas. It did. And if we're talking about this poor street where our poor deli guy is, yeah, his his entire storefront is getting obliterated by the C-130. Not only is it crashing, but there's fire and convicts being strewn about and then Steve Buscemi being all creepy walking around. Like, that's not good for business. It just isn't. Uh, So I would definitely agree with you, Dustin. We will score this a four on the damage scale. Uh, and as far as who won, Dustin, I I hate to say it, man. I really do. Uh, and you can call me a cheater all you want. Uh, we all know that the numbers don't lie, uh, which is why the winner of the Axel Foley Cameron Poe uh, match is Cameron Poe. Oh, 703 to 297. Uh, so definitely way more one-sided than i was kind of expecting it to be but then as i was going through the stats uh it's it's not even a contest when we're talking about army army ranger skills and then all the crazy feats that cameron poe had uh versus really just kind of the college type hijinks of axel foley uh it was definitely way more one-sided but i think our simulation more than made up for it Oh, yeah. I think our simulation was spot on fire. And if you disagree, you could come and fight us. A hundred percent. And I feel like they should. I feel like they should fight us. Uh, Dustin, right before I think we need to do our audience matchup, we should flip for next week. Uh, and okay. I am very excited about this next pod, this one, next one. Uh, of course, for our next podcast, we're going to be doing Zoro versus Spartacus, which we flipped for last week. This next one has been the match I have been waiting for. This is the creme de la creme of matches. Oh, just so much action. It is going to be Nacho Libre versus Frank Dukes from Bloodsport. That's right. Jack Black versus JCVD himself. Who do we think is going to win? You're going to have to find out. But... 
before we figure out who's going to be, we flip for it because this is America and we believe in fairness and 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 good good sportsmanship. Uh, something I believe Dustin doesn't so much believe in, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I let Dustin call it in the air. Uh, he has been on a bit of a win streak the last two. He has won. Uh, so let's see if Ken can come back. So call it in the air, Dustin. Tails. It is heads, my friend. It is heads. And you okay. really can't see it? There we go. I'm going Nacho Libre. I, you uh, have to go Nacho Libre. You do. You, I, that's who I would have went with. <laughs> uh, if for no other reason than the pants. Yeah, he's got fighting pants, which obviously means he's going to win. It doesn't. It does. I don't even care what John Claude Van Damme brings. You can bring all of his movies into this. There's no way in hell he is going to win or lose. You know, win against Nacho. See, I think you're wrong. I think John Claude Van Damme, no matter what movie he is in, is going to be Jack Black in Spandex. But the only reason I wanted Nacho Libre at first was from the comedy aspect, and that is a fantastic movie that I'd love to rewatch with my family. It has some of the best scenes I have ever seen. The baptism one is my favorite. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch that. Uh, I think that's what we should do for our audience. Uh, I feel like the entire audience needs to watch it with us. Uh, so come up, come up on the net with our Instagram or on our uh, page and tell us what your favorite scenes are. And maybe we'll discuss that during that podcast. Uh, but before we get out of here, Dustin, I think it's your turn to come up with our audience matchup. Yep. So I am going with Marcus Burnett, played by Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys. Nice, nice. I think that's a great choice. Uh, very Axel Foley-ish uh, for the newer generation. Uh, for those of you that did not want Bad Boys, uh, Martin Lawrence, the far funnier version uh, uh, of, of the pair. But we'll go with that. Uh, Dustin, is there anything you want to roll with before we head out? You know, I'm riding high. I just won and I'm on vacation. Uh, I'm just I'm just super blessed and happy that you lost today. Uh, I'm just going to say that hurts like deeply in my soul. Uh, And for those of you that cannot see, Dustin is not wearing pants. Uh, He is straight winning the pooing it with his Hawaiian shirt. Uh, I I feel like. He he has he has definitely decked himself out for this job, uh, and I respect it as as a competitor and as friend. I definitely respect it. Uh, but definitely, you know, please, guys, come up with your audience matchup uh, opponents. Uh, we do take them into account. Uh, we are at right now twenty ish weeks worth of content that we have already created. But we're starting to put in those audience matchups uh, that we think fit the best. Uh, so you might see your answer as one of the opponents that Dustin and I will be fighting. Uh, So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Like, and subscribe, definitely share our podcast uh, and leave some comments for us where you get to read them on the air. So thanks Dustin. Thank you. All right. Later guys. Later guys.